From those in the know to those who need to know, this is the Indie Weekly Podcast. All right. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. So coming up in just a minute, one of the conversations I found most interesting from our Indie 101 online music conference that was held uh, earlier this year in May, it's all about understanding the business side of the music industry from an artist's perspective. Because artists cannot solely focus on their music without understanding the business of music, especially today. Artists must make many business decisions and handle a wide variety of business tasks themselves. So in this Indie 101 session, we had four really fantastic expert panelists discuss why understanding the music business is crucial for artists to take control of their own careers and make informed decisions. You'll hear them introduce themselves at the uh, the start of this conversation and the host and moderator, of course, as is often the case, was Daryl Hurz, Indie Week's founder. So like I said, this is a great conversation, one that brings a lot of value. I'm glad we were able to share it here. But before we get to this week's conversation, we first have to acknowledge that the land on which Indie Week is based is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Ashinaabe, Métis, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. We must also thank our sponsors and funders. Those are Slate Music, CD Baby, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, the City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, SEMA, SOCAN Foundation, and our newest sponsor, Cox & Palmer, who provide legal services in Atlanta, Canada. We also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. Without the support of all of them, we couldn't do the work that we do for the music community. So a big, big thank you to all those companies, organizations, and government bodies. All right, let's get to this week's conversation. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is day one of Indie 101. Uh, so this is a, a session um, already today has been really engaging. That last session on legal, I got to say, uh, 31 questions. That's our record for the Q&As on our online conferences. So let's keep it up. Um, this one is building more on that business side of the music industry. Uh, we've already sort of been talking legal a little bit, but and there's always been sort of this creeping in, like dealing with managers and labels and all this stuff. How do you do it? Especially we're often a one person business artist slash creative slash everything. So um, let's get this started. And I'm going to go around the room and introduce everybody and let them have a, a chance to sort of introduce themselves and give a little bit of a bio. And I'm just going to go based on what I see on my screen here. So no particular order, but first up is Bruce, Bruce Houghton. Uh, thanks for uh, for having us. Um, I do a bunch of different things, mostly related to touring. I own a booking agency called the Skyline Artist Agency that does about 1500 dates a year. I consult for bands in town, which most of you hopefully know with 77 million registered users and 560,000 registered artists. Um, I wrote the, and teach the course in Touring, Touring 101 for Berkeley Online. And every day I get up in the morning and write a blog that I have for now, gosh, 15 years, <clears throat> called HypeBot. That's sort of the intersection of music, music marketing, and music tech. Wow, 77 million. That's it? Uh, that's all. Sorry. Talk about We're working on 
<laughs> yeah, impressive, impressive numbers. Thank you so much for being here, Bruce. I, I really appreciate it. And what you do with bands in town, that's it's great. Um, next up is Andrew, who I met at South by Southwest. Just We were just saying, like, it was like a month and a bit ago, but it feels like forever already. Uh, Andrew, if you could uh, share a little bit about your background, please. Yeah. Hi, um, I'm Andrew. I have a company called Stesco Consulting Group. I've been in the digital music tech world for 25 years. First hired a company called Grace Note. It was at a company called Liquid Audio, allmusic.com. I'm on the board of Lyric Fine. I've been consulting for 12 years. I work with a lot of B2B companies in metadata. I've been licensing metadata for 25 years uh, and uh, music story from France. Uh, I work with uh, Dash Radio, Tune Global, lots of companies. Uh, it's a lot of B2B, but my background was as a bass player, songwriter, composer, and I ended up in this crazy music tech world by accident, and it became a career I still play, but uh, the music tech keeps me busy, and Daryl and I got to hang at a podcast live at uh, uh, LabelCoin's meetup there at South By, and if, I think our 15-minute podcast went to like 35 minutes, so I'm stoked to be invited, and and Bruce, I wake up every morning and read your hypebot, so that's one of my... I could recommend it to everybody listening. That's one of my morning reads every day. So uh, it's good to be on with him as well and everybody. Thank you. Awesome. I agree with HypeBot. If, if you aren't following it, you should. Uh, great source of info every day. Awesome. Uh, next up is Tina. Tina, also at South By. Uh, last time I saw you, I think, and you've been traveling. So uh, give everybody Folk a little Alliance. bit. Folk <laughs> Alliance was the last time we yeah. saw each other. Yeah, Kansas, Kansas, Austin, they're kind of the same, barbecue. All right, Tina, if you can share a little bit about uh, your background. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me today and uh, nice meeting you, 164 connected people, unreal. I cannot believe it, but amazing. My name is Tina Brublewski. I'm the outreach manager for Small World Music and one of the producers for Global Toronto Conference in Toronto. I'm also the outreach coordinator for Indigenous Music Summit, which is also uh, a conference in Toronto based, of course, in First Nations. Um, I have an agency that has been running for about 20 years now. It's, it's going to be our 20 years this year. Uh, we work mainly with international alliances, embassies, uh, mostly governmental to support the cultural environment uh, in general, but mostly music. And that's pretty much it. Oh, and I'm part of the Board of Folk Alliance International. There we go, Daryl. That's there you it. Go. Yeah, we all wear a few hats. We all we all wear a few hats. And uh, our next guest is wearing a hat, uh, who I did definitely hang out at South by, uh, Rob Schwartz. So Rob, if you can uh, give a little bit about your background. Sure, hello everybody. Um, I also started off as a in the music industry as a writer. Uh, I wrote for a lot of big R&B artists. It kind of took a left turn and I started a website called whomag.net that got real big and then it turned into um, a DVD magazine where the first ones to put urban music and urban DVD format into Netflix and Blockbuster. And then we turned that into a TV show called Who Mag TV, 2007. And then I uh, switched to a music distribution company, 2010. Um, at this point we have over a thousand artists signed to us including the Grammy, multiple number one billboard artists. Uh, 2012, we started the first urban OTT channel ever called iFame TV, one of the first hundred channels on Roku when the Roku first came out. Um, now we have three networks, uh, Video Vision, Humag TV, and um, iFame TV. And uh, we're, one of the first, we're the first music distribution company to get into the NFT world as well, too, with something we call the Humies. But I also have a music conference 
called Play Music Conference here in Philadelphia and my own festival called Distro Fest, where we do nothing but our distribution artists. We had our first one this past year. We had over 80 artists perform on one stage and Play Music Conference. We had over 70 speakers from all over the United States come out and speak. And it was amazing. And that's, I also do one more thing. I also know a guy named Daryl Hurst, who's actually really cool. So that's the last thing on my agenda. <laughs> Love it. Uh, hustle. That's that's uh, what it sounds like from all of our guests is like we're all hustling uh, and working this thing we call the music biz. So to start things off, uh, there's always this sort of question, creative versus like art versus commerce and, and art versus business. Uh, so I'd like to sort of go around the room real quick and sort of like everyone's definition of what the music business is, because I think it means different things to different people, uh, especially from different backgrounds, but different goals and such. So I'd like to just sort of hear just a broad, quick definition, what the music business is from all of our guests. So we'll go in the same order. So Bruce, you're up first. You had to put me up first. I wasn't ready for this. Um, I think the music biz, music business to me is is anything around the making of music, the mark, not, not the making music, every, anything other than the making of music, if you will. So distribution of music, uh, protection of rights, building a sustainable career financially, obviously touring, which is one of my, you know, my passions. Um, I think it's a pretty broad, broad definition. Uh, I, I almost wouldn't put anything not in the business of music. If you're hoping to build a career, you have to be aware of of every facet of it, at least to some degree. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and and sorry to put you in the hot seat, but hey, uh, somebody's got to start. Uh, Andrew, we had a real good talk at South by, and I think you might have a different slant on this, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I used to say about music tech that you couldn't have tech without the music. It's you could say the same thing about music business. It starts with the music. I mean even though I earn, I've earned a living working with these B2B technology companies, all sorts of things over the years, there's no, none of that happens without the creation of the music. So I, I never forgot that, still haven't forgotten that. I just built a new studio in my, in my garage to, to get back to doing more of it. So I think we forget about that in music tech sometimes and in the business sometimes it's the same thing, you know, because that's where it starts. So I, I, I always stress that it's music first, but then, you know, I look at my old bands and think about the, you know, the people that I was with who could give, didn't, didn't give a crap about selling anything. And that's fine too. You don't have to be selling it. I, but I do say that when in any company I've been in, I learned from a guy, he told me that no matter where you are in the company, in the music business or tech or whatever, everybody's in sales. So they are always selling something, whether we're selling ourselves, our music, all that. So, so, um, I think that, you know, the create the creation part of it is part of it. And you can be, you know, hang out in your room and just play your music and not care. Or you can be in the business where you want to make money and you want to have a career. You don't want to do anything else. But but music, you don't want to be a waiter. You don't want to play a wedding gig. So, you know, my whole thing is about how do we take the first part, the music part, and then make the business out of it. And and as we talked about at South by. It, you know, so much of it's about our our friends, our network, our credibility, and um, and that's how I based everything I do. But um, early on in my career, when I was doing music tech, 
people were like, oh, your band's on mp3.com. This is dating me because now it's, we're talking the late 90s, early 2000s. Your band's on GarageBand. Your band, all these different things, all these different platforms that were there. And you're selling me tech to identify it or whatever. And so I, I never forgot that. I just ended up in the business part of it more than the music part of it. Um, but uh, you can you can do both and you don't lose any credibility if you're a musician, writer, songwriter, all of that, and you want to earn a living, you know, the business is still important. And, um, you know, sometimes we learn that, sometimes we don't, sometimes it takes forever to learn it. And, um, but that, that's how, that's my perspective on it. I could probably awesome. go on. But yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Great insights to get things going. And uh, Tina, I'm going to pass it to you. <sighs> Andrew, you, I just think this question is extremely bright to it's huge to explain it um and then andrew just went into different subjects so my mind just went to every corner thank you for that um music business is just like any other business the difference is that it has a little bit of moral and ethics because we're talking about art here that's the only difference for me um and so we're extremely you know, sensitive people just because we focus in the art, but that doesn't mean it's our priority for living. We can't forget as a business. We have, especially if you're self-represented, especially if you need to trust the team who is representing your own business, like a product, because it is a product, unfortunately, or fortunately to sell. So yes, we are salespeople by all means in every single, um, diversity in the music industry, those who are agents, those who are managers, those who are, uh, who have festivals, conference, you know, they're buyers, but you're also in circuits that you're also connecting and making alliances to sell. And it's continuously, and we're also very much survivors. So it's a thing that, you know, for me, it's not like I can say, I can't retire when I'm 65. I don't even see that I'm going to retire ever working from the music industry because besides that is my job, my main income is also my life. So my professional life, but also my, what, what I do, what I'm not working, you know what I mean? Like it's, music is everything for me. So besides that is just a way of living and making money or it's just, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know how to say this because, sorry, I'm, I'm in Colombia, so my Spanglish is coming out really, really huge right now. <laughs> so I just think that it's a way of living. And when you need to take your business seriously, uh, you can live out of music. So I think that's all I have to say about that. Awesome. I love that perspective. And uh, I got to say, I just spent a month in Brazil and I got to say Latin America regions really love their music and it's part of life guaranteed there's no there's no uh retiring from music no i i agree uh thank you tina and uh last up on this question is rob so <clears throat> i guess everyone pretty had a great perspective i guess mine's kind of similar but one thing is like what i always tell my artists when they come in here because i have a thousand artists that i work with for the distribution and i always ask them the first thing i ask them is like what is your definition of success and the reason i asked that question is because like you said earlier every artist has different perspectives some just want to make music and someone to tour some want to be millionaires some just want to pay their bills and one thing about this industry is like and i think the perception is wrong is like if you could pay your bills in this industry like you're a superstar 
And that's one thing that people have to start learning. And I worked in, I worked on Wall Street. I worked in corporate America. I did that. I worked at Merrill Lynch, J.P. Morgan and Bear Stearns. And I made great money, but I was miserable. I mean, like a three-day weekend was something you look forward to. Like, oh my God, I can't wait. And like three months from now is a holiday. And it's kind of like, that's a lifestyle you get used to. And I got used to being around negative people all day too in the corporate America world. So I always had the music stuff and I made that leap to do this full time about 10 years ago. That's when it was the best decision ever made. It was a hard decision to make, but I was like, this is it. I can't be miserable the rest of my life. I mean, I see now 99% of America, you know, you're all taught to go to school, get a graduate, graduate, get a degree, get a job. So I did that. But like, and as like musicians and people in this industry, like where we think different. And one thing that like people forget is like, we put our, when we write music and make music, we're putting ourselves out there to be judged by people all the time, even as actors. Like we put ourselves out there to be judged. It takes a lot of balls to do that. A lot of courage because people can destroy you. People can love you. People can hate you. You can change the way people walk, talk, and think. We have the power to do that. But at the same time is while someone loves it, someone else may hate it. We can't please all the people all the time. So we have to learn how to develop thick skin if this is what we want to do and understand like that negative comments are going to come that people are going to have something to say, but we have to just keep pushing. This is what we want to do. And this is one of the hardest industries in the world, but I promise you, this is the best industry in the world. I've been in this industry now my entire life. You know, even when I had the corporate America, I still started my company while I had the job. I get to meet people like you guys. I get to travel. I get to do so many cool things. And like, it's like the best and it's hard. And like, people get mad at me when I talk about it. So it's great talking about it to you guys. But when I talk to non-music people, they think I'm weird. Like you still do that music thing. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> you still do that corporate America where you wake up at 6 a.m. and go to your day job and come home miserable all day, you know? So um, so really it comes down to this whole business is, is your perspective. Whatever you love to do, I mean, do it. Just do it and just figure out how to be the best at it. Outwork everybody, bust your ass on and do whatever you have to do and be the best and you will succeed. So. <laughs> Wow, I love that. Uh, some good, great comments uh, already from our audience. And I wanted that question to be really open because I wanted to show that while artists feel they're diverse, they're unique, they've got their own path, that's the same on the music business side of things. What is the blueprint? I, I actually quit my job at HMV in like 96 and I've been completely self-employed ever since. And this job's taken me around the world and met great people. And a lot of it is experiences that you cannot buy that is worth much more than a solid paycheck at times. So um, it's a very diverse group when it comes to the creators, but then a very diverse group when it comes to the people work in the business side. And um, I wanted to sort of then take this conversation in a way where um, it's a couple of the key points. Uh, Andrew said, you know, relationships is so key, so important. Uh, Rob's like, you got to outwork, out hustle. Like, let, let's sort of build on some of the points that people can take away uh, from where, where do they start finding their path? Because I think where some of the problems come into play is maybe they haven't quite defined themselves yet like rob mentioned like where do you want to be that's maybe where we start so bruce uh you're in the hot seat uh where do you think like artists like kind of like when they're looking to approach business and and i also want to put it from a perspective that 
you could be starting out, you might be in the business 10 plus years, we're all still learning, it changes all the time. So keep that, we're all on a level playing field, like AI didn't exist and we all gotta learn about it, like things change. So Bruce, I'm gonna put you in the hot seat. Where, where do you think <laughs> some of the first steps artists should do when they're approaching their business career um, as well, a- uh, Yeah. As you say, that I'm sure everyone on this Zoom is at a different level. So I'll say in a broad sense, the best advice I ever got was early in my career, a mentor said, told me to be a student of the music business. And, you know, it, I, I teach for Berkeley, but that's not what I mean when I say that. And certainly going to taking classes and webinars, et cetera, is all part of it. But what I mean by that, or what he meant by that too, is that you need to be aware of the entire business. You may be a guitar player or you may be a manager or you may be in publishing or sync or whatever, but you have to have a broad knowledge of the entire business. So when somebody says to you sync, I mean, I'm a booking agent. For a couple of years, I worked in radio promotion for AM Records a very long time ago. But since then, I've either bought talent for clubs or sold artists to clubs, if you will. Um, but I've cut publishing deals for bands. I've cut record deals for bands. I've, you know, you do so many different things. So my my general advice is to just get out there and do it. And when you see something that you don't understand, there are a million resources to go learn about it. And and you don't have to be an expert. But when you're in that meeting and somebody says, uh, you know, some arcane publishing, uh, the the 200% rule in publishing. If anybody knows about music publishing, they'll talk about royalties as if 100% is 200%. I won't go into it. But if you're in that meeting and you don't know what that means, you're lost. So learn a little bit about every piece of the business. Love that. And I uh, re-quoted you in the chat, be a student of the business. I love that phrase. And uh, and by the way, Joe Lucia says he took your class last year and it was great. <laughs> so some former students. In the audience. All right, uh, Andrew, well, what's your take on, on this? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what Bruce said, I, I, I was going to say some of it, but, um, you know, we're in this creator economy now that they even that's the phrase, right? So the uh, and what you said, Bruce, I mean, um, Daryl, about always learning and we're always learning, we're always evolving. And we we the minute we stop learning means means we're dead, right? We, that's, we can't learn anymore. So that's how I look at it. And, and um you know, there's the cliches are cliches for a reason. Some of it, you know, the hardest working man in show business. I give that to a few of my friends. They just never stop. You know, you, you look at all the opportunities as, a, as an artist today versus 10 years ago, five years ago, or even 20 years ago, like when I when I was doing it, there's so many more opportunities, so many platforms to get music on. Bruce mentioned sync. Film and TV back then, I made more money doing that than anything I ever did is getting music on shows on Fox and NBC that went syndication that I still make a couple bucks a year from, you know, 20 years later. Back then I made more, but but so the diversity in terms of what you do. And um, I said this phrase at um, the panel I was on at South by, which is don't be afraid to suck. Because, you know, in trying things, and, and I truly believe, like when I was even in simple, when I was coming up with a baseline, I had to suck before I was good. So try things, don't be afraid. 
and also don't be judgmental to other people trying things you know so you know very open mind right now i was talking about all these different platforms you know you got every music service that's out there you got all the distribution you got TikTok, you got snapchat there's music everywhere now you know i work with a couple of music libraries and there's like 85 different kinds of music libraries now and now we're adding ai you know to not adding it it's just coming out like a year and a half ago it was all metaverse and web3 and nfts and now it's all ai 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 none of it's gonna it's all gonna change you know before it was rock and roll came out of blues out of kind of so it's all these things keep going right so now we've got ai so you know learn as much as you can um <clears throat> and don't be afraid to try things and and that's that's how i look at it everything and you got to be uh, uh diversified i had a friend of mine tell me about 15 years ago we were talking he wrote a couple big hits and he doesn't really have to work and um even to this day he will not have to work because of those hits that he wrote and we were joking around playing you know I was talking about things that I had done I said yeah I have everything man everything I ever wanted in life but becoming a rock star you know you know I got a good career I got family all that and he and he said to me and I didn't really believe him at the time he says never too late to be a rock star and back then I think 15 years ago it would have been harder but now who knows what i could put out a song my old band could put out a song and anything could happen and it doesn't matter that i'm in my 50s now right you know but you know and i think things have changed a lot so just keep throwing shit against the wall don't be afraid to suck and and work hard and don't be a dick <laughs> so that, that's all, <laughs> all good points and I, I agree that like there's often you hear you know the way to learn is to fail first and you, you, you basically learn, oh, I shouldn't do that again. So you adjust and then you'll learn, oh, I shouldn't do that again. And, and you just keep adjusting. Uh, and that's that's a one thing, like keep trying, keep trying. Uh, Tina, I'll, I'll uh, throw this to you. Mine is going to be um, a little bit short. And I think for me, it's consistency. You have to be, consistency is super important. Be present, attend to events. Make sure that people know who you are, regardless if people think your music suck. Because even if people think that your music suck, if you have a good relationship with people, you will get in. Because it's not about always about the music or how you sound or how much you learn. It's not always about that. Because I'm gonna give you a brief example, which is there are managers and agents who are dicks. Don't be a dick. They're dicks and they are affecting those musicians who are so great because of their behavior towards presenters. I'm talking about from the presenter side because I, right now, for example, I am doing one of the biggest, I'm programming one of the biggest festivals in Toronto, which is Taste of the Danford. So we have three stages and there is a lot of different music that definitely doesn't fit. So that doesn't mean your music suck, it's just doesn't fit for that specific program. So just because you want to play, and if I can tell you, I'm sorry, it's just not for this event, that doesn't mean it's bad. So do not take um, the no as a criticism, take it as a, I understand why not, and also do your homework. Your homework is, does my music fit there? Should I attend? Should I invest in going into this conference? Are these people the people that I need to be in relations with? So relationships, consistency, um, of course, don't be afraid of anything, we're always afraid. Like. I'm all the time going to places that people can look at me as a woman, for example, and they can say, well, she's too young. She looks too young. She, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And it doesn't matter because you can prove 
yourself that you can do whatever you want as long as it's you believe into what you want to do, which is music. And it's okay. So that's all I have to say. Awesome. I love that. And like I say, Tina, you are a powerhouse. I'm so proud of all the work that you do and very impressive. So, uh, and I didn't even know you were working on Taste of the Danforth. That's huge. Awesome. Congrats. Uh, but I agree. I've had the same thing, like when we were doing Indie Week uh, in person as a festival, uh, you can only have X number of artists on stage and, and you get the, oh, we should be there. And it's, it's tough. Um, it's it's part of, part of everything that we do. Um, I wanted to say one more thing. Sorry. Sure. Listen, just listen to to everybody that talks to you. You need to listen to communicate, regardless if you agree or not, and also have some respect for for the people who have been working in the music industry for a long, long time. Even if you do not agree the way they work, they made that path for you to continue walking through that path. So I know I'm building something for those who are coming beside me, because I don't like to say they're coming behind me. They're, we're walking together to this path. So listen, because it's important. And uh, don't burn yourself with anybody, because even if you don't agree with something in this business, you get burned like this. You could be working in 25 years and be the first person in the world. But if you do not, if you're not honest, everybody's going to know what type of person you are, regardless. So be transparent. If you don't like something, just say it. It's okay. But don't burn yourself and don't be like um, disrespectful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tina. Uh, all right. Uh, Rob. Yes. So I would say, well, the one thing is I wish when I was first getting this industry, I wish I had like a mentor. I wish I had a family member in this industry. Like I really had to teach everything myself. And in doing so, like I first started when I was, I got into songwriting and producing I moved to LA and I put a lot of faith into somebody else I was working with because he had the connections and that's where I kind of fell on my face out there. And I kind of learned, I had to learn to double and triple down on myself and not rely on other people. And that's when I started building my own companies and doing my own thing. And because I learned that when I keep putting trust in other people, you know, I'm only, we're as a team, we're only capable as much as we both do. And if I know I'm going to give hundred percent and they can only get 50, then we're going to have a problem. I mean, like if we're running a race and, you know, you got to keep looking behind you, you're going to trip and fall. You got to make sure everyone's by your side for everybody to win. So that's one thing I kind of learned um, also in this industry. It's like a lot of times you got to think too, it's like whatever worked for me is not going to work for anybody else. So like even if you take it back to like, I don't know, like when mixtapes came out, all of a sudden, one or two broke, and everyone started doing it. When someone broke on YouTube and became a YouTube superstar, everyone else tried to be a YouTube superstar. When someone broke on um, TikTok, now everyone's trying to break on TikTok. But you got to be like the first. I mean, we can't just follow people's paths. Like I was saying about Blockbuster, I have a right here, actually. Like, they actually created a special, this was in a special interest, because there wasn't even a music department in Blockbuster when this came out. So like, be like the innovator and you got to learn like, and that's why I work so hard because even if I'm not a musician, you know, I'm in the industry side, but if, if you are, you got to think not just how to make the best music, but that's when you have the job Then you got to figure out how to get it out there. And that's why I go to events and you have to meet people and talk to people and be, if you're an introvert, you have to learn to be an extrovert. You have to learn to go out and not be inside your bubble because you need to spend this money to go to a conference and you just sit in a corner. What's the point? 
But, you know, going out to these events and talking face to face and building a relationship, that's more important than just shooting emails all day that somebody you'll never see. Wow. Lots of lots of great stuff there. And I I, I wish I had a mentor, too. Like that, that was one thing is like, uh, you know, I moved to Toronto and my band that I moved with quit and went back. So I'm just, I was just by myself in Toronto hustling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. not one person uh ended up booking venues putting on shows started a festival and a lot of times people are always this is one thing if i could add is everyone is going to question you while you on your way up everyone is going to go what are you doing that for how come you're doing that what's this you got to decide whether that's what you want to do and just do it and i think uh you lead by example in the sense that look i said it and i did it and, and, and being true to your word, being respectful along the way, uh, but also um, go that extra distance that others aren't willing to go. Uh, anytime I've worked with a client, I always said, uh, deliver on time or ahead of time, over deliver if possible and communicate along the way and you'll get hired again often. That's the one thing. And I, I took, when I started doing more music stuff, that's how I took shows. If a booker said, be here at this time, we're there at that time, not an hour late for sound check. Uh, if they say 10 people on guest list, don't put 50 people on it. Uh, like be respectful of, of everything. Um, my reputation is my most important thing to me. I've been in this, my company's been out since 2001 and being out this long and you can Google my company and there's not one bad thing out there in over 20 years. It kind of says something about how we handle our company. So it is important that people, especially now, people can Google whatever they want. They can see things, write it, whatever they want. Like you have to be extra on point, extra nice. Like everyone, everyone's pointing this whole thing where this question was, you got to be nice. And it, it, your reputation in this industry is the most important thing you have. I agree. And uh, uh, we'll get the next round of questions, but like just to my personal point, like I just literally a few years found out I have autism. I'm on that spectrum. And social stuff. I was like, Oh, that's why it's been weird. I get it now. Uh, so yeah, you've got, you get your fill at times, but, um, I want to go around because I have seen a number of questions about how to network. How do you start a conversation? How do like, especially if you're an introvert or, uh, sometimes mental health is an issue. How do you get over that? And, uh, I'll Bruce, you're, you're in the hot seat again. Um, uh, you know, talking about building relationships at conferences and, and how do you get out of your bubble? That's a funny thing because I, uh, I'm really bad at it. You know, I'm the guy who goes to the cocktail party and talks to one person. Um, but, but I guess a couple things I've learned. One is that um, particularly at conferences, people are there to learn. And so if you go into it with the... Um, attitude of a learner and an educator, uh, I think you can you can succeed. So in other words, I'm not great at small talk, but I'm great at asking people what they do and trying to learn from it. I'm, I think I'm good. I like to think I'm good at uh, sharing information that I have in ways that can be helpful to other people. So, you know, that's the approach that I take. That's the approach that I take with, frankly, most of my business relationships. No offense, I have a very few good friends that are in the business, but most of my good friends are not. And it's not because I don't you know, want them to be, or it's because of the way that I have chosen to handle 
you know, my interactions with, with people in business. And it is about being professional and helpful and consistent. And I would just add one thing to what everybody said, and that is you never know what other people are going through. So, you know, take a deep breath, let them be them, give them space to fail and be good or bad or whatever they need to be and, and move on if you need to, but uh, give them the space. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bruce. Andrew, I, I want to put a little twist on, on yours in the sense I want to add at South by, we talked about the importance of relationships. Um, maybe if you could kind of throw that angle in there too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not an introvert, so I, I have no problems, you know, with be talking to a million people. I also like want to, if I'm talking to somebody for too long, I'm like, Hey, I'm not afraid to go, Hey, you're awesome, but I need to go. I'm here to meet a lot of people. So I'm going to go roam around and, and not, and not worry about hurting somebody's feelings. But, you know, my whole uh, thing is all about relationships. It's, I would say, I, I think uh, Rob just said something similar. My biggest assets, my credibility. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm doing a lot of selling, you know, every day I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm, you know, and failing and selling and selling and selling. And every day I'm getting no's and, or not now's and not now's and not now's. And, and um, I, I really take it, uh, it's important to me that whoever I work with has a, is a certain, if I'm doing business with them, um they're a client that it's the people first i i won't do business with anybody that i don't think is a good person just even if there's money involved i don't want their money i don't want anybody's money unless they're a good person now as a consultant i made mistakes a couple of people i thought they were okay a couple months in maybe i realized they they weren't there was one guy in at in uh, meet him in can got drunk and he was an asshole drunk and i was like well that was a i didn't really see that coming so it really the first step is who who they are to work with the second step is do i believe in the company and the product so now because that leads to what daryl's asking me about relationships because if i'm going to call up my friend at apple or google or amazon or title these are whoever i'm doing business with i've done deals with and i'm going to pitch a company i've got to i've got to pitch it um uh, and they're going to trust me and if i don't pitch something i believe in that's good then uh, I'm in trouble. So the first thing is because of my relationships, because of my friendships, because of my network, they'll take the call because they trust me. And um, I always say to any new client that I go out to the friendlies first. And the friendlies are the people that I have those relationships with, the ones who trust me. I can pitch them something new or a, a company and they can, they'll be honest with me. Hey man, that's a great idea. It doesn't fit with us. Or wow, thank you for bringing this. And if I didn't have the relationship, you know, I, I, I then it's just a cold outreach or, or, a, or maybe a, a lukewarm outreach. So um, I and every one of my clients has been word of mouth. Uh, I've never done any marketing. I've uh, I've considered sponsoring conferences before. I never did it because I haven't had to. I'm, I'm busy enough. And um, and then the other thing about, you know, going to the conferences and sort of you know, when I'm with my colleagues, I have a couple of people who work for me now, guy in Asia, a guy in Denver. Um, but I'll, all my clients though, that I go with, we divide and we conquer. We don't go around in a little group together and do every meeting together. I'm like, all right, you know, spread, let's go out there. And not because if you're, when you're new, you're like the, you know, the three lyric fine back in the day, we we're like the three of us, we're going to these, you know, everywhere together. Now, no, we need to do more meetings. So um, I, I got a client, I tell this story, uh, at a conference, uh, I was at the, at the break. I love the breaks because uh, you don't really meet people during the panels at a conference. I like the breaks. I like the, 
hotel lobby. I like running around the, the exhibit hall. I like all that stuff where you're going to meet people because if you're sitting down there, you're not meeting anybody. Um, I was sitting down there at a, grabbing a cookie in a break and I met this dude and talked about, you asked about sort of how do you break the ice with people? Hey man, what, what brings you here? What are you doing? You know, uh, what, you know, those kinds of things don't, you know, and if somebody is nice, they're going to be nice to you. If somebody's a jerk, they're going to be jerk. Mostly 99% of the time they're going to go, Oh man, yeah, we're from blah, blah, blah. And um, I met this guy over a cookie. He ended up being a client for a year uh it was it, it was great he was like you know i'm look do you know anybody who does this i can do that we do that i'll bring a guy in blah 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 and then i've met people in an elevator at the conference we're all wearing our badges i'll look at the badge hopefully the badge is on both sides i hate it when conferences the badge is only on one side that's a terrible thing and then hopefully it's not right here at somebody's boobs so you're like staring at their it's like okay there's like a balance when you want to look at the badge and you don't want to be awkward and you, you're like hey where are you from what are you doing and in the elevator i've gotten clients so you know you know again you know and then it goes back to the cliches don't being a jerk and you have these friends forever and i can call up any of these relationships i had and, and i'm not going to call them unless i think there's value i might be wrong but i'm like hey i've got this new client I think they're going to be great. And there was one Amazon one recently. My my net, I I pitched this guy, and then he's a he's pretty good. I call him a uh, a work friend, you know, the our music business friend. Like we don't like hang out together because we're in different cities. But when I see him, it's like, hey. So I and he was really into this client that I had. And then I was texting him. I was in his town. I was texting him. We were going to get together. Didn't work out. And then he ghosted me. This guy. And then. Uh, I was like, I'm, then I finally was texting him, are you okay? Are you alive? And then I ran into him at the last conference and he was like, hey. And then he comes back. Remember that client you pitched to me? I'm really interested in that now, right? So I didn't take offense. I wasn't like, I didn't go, man, that guy's a jerk. You know, and, and, I, and I, I, I felt like, you know, the relationship can be like your best friend and your, you know, or the relationship can be a work friend and all that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. And that, that's still a relationship. It doesn't have to be your best friend uh, to do, to do a deal with. And I, I like, I consider this space really awesome. So uh, most people are pretty, pretty cool. And, and if you're getting in the music business, you're going to be mostly cool. Now the people I'll just end it with this. Cause I could babble on the people that come into music business because it's cool, but have nothing to do with the music business. Rob's probably an example of a, somebody from banking who came in and like realized who was. I've seen people come in, invest in companies, think they're the hottest shit in the world, and you know their company's going to tank, and then they're gone again. I've seen that too. And those are the ones, they're not the long haulers like all of us are, and um, that will we'll, we'll, we'll bleed you know, to, to our death to, to do something right in this business. So, yeah. Anyway. Awesome. And, and I, I just want to add, though, like when you're at a conference and you run into people, the one thing to think about first, because I see some comments about how do you start or where do you go, they're there for the same reason you are to meet people. So so one thing about conferences is it's like minded people in one space. And I think that yeah, that's yeah. to consider. Let, let me add to that. I, I always say at the conferences, we're there selling to people who are selling everybody's selling so it's like i go to a conference I'm, I'm going i went to a fitness conference recently and because there's some really cool things that lyric fine can do in fitness and some other clients and different things i i went to every booth you know i'm like you know i'm i'm like my ego it's like i'm cold boothing i went to every booth and some people blew me off some people were amazing i've got some great leads but i'm selling to them and they're they're like i and me like what can i sell you and i'm like what can i sell you and then we're all set you know but that's okay that's okay <laughs>
Oh, it sounds like a, a festival B2B between bookers. <laughs> uh, Dina, I'll let you uh, chime in on this one. My main hat on this industry, my main hat is outreach because I work for two different organizations as an outreach, which is public relations. So I'm going to be very direct on this one. Um, again, be present everywhere. Create that, uh, you know, that doubt of people of who you are. Do not hassle the presenter to the point that the presenter doesn't want to talk to you. Give them some space. They need respect too. They are there to also see their friends and also see music. Do not go to the point that they cannot breathe anymore, you know? Um, do your follow-ups. You wanna talk to somebody? Don't be afraid to say, hi, this is what I do. Thank you so much. That's it. Or build a conversation, but just don't go too far. Give some space to people. Also do not um, put in a pedestal presenters either just because they have festivals. They are people. They're working in the music industry just like you are. It doesn't matter. So the more as a human being you act to people, the better relations you're gonna have. Uh, they know you're hustling. They're hustling to make sure their festival maintains itself so you can plan it. Do not think the presenters are not suffering just like the musicians are or the agents or the managers. Everybody's suffering at a different level. So do your homework. You're going to go to a conference. You're going to go to a conference festival. Who's going? Read. This person I want to talk to. I want to know who this person is. I'm going to read about this person. What doesn't match with something that I like. My, what's my goal when I'm going to go to this conference? I want to talk to this person. No, because you want to go to a festival only because you want to learn from these people. And then that's how you build a relationship from business to friendship. Because from the difference for me, I do have a lot of people in the music industry who are my friend and friends and family right now. That doesn't mean that they're always going to hire me. It's okay. But we can have, we can share contacts. We can talk about how to develop their business. How do I develop mine? So the music industry and, and uh, relationship is not only about getting hired and being paid. It's about how you grow with those relationships and ideas to continue into the music industry. That's it. No, I, I, that's awesome. It, it's, uh, you, you remind me on a couple of things. My first South By. Um, not sure if everybody here has been to South By's or heard of South By, but it's the kind of thing where you go the first time you're just like, whoa, what, huh? What was that? Uh, big tip that I can give based off of kind of what Tina said is I've learned, do the research if you can four weeks before the conference, email the people you wanna meet and set up meetings and have a schedule going into the conference because I learned, I'd go, hey, have time to meet tomorrow? No, my schedule's full. I'm already booked. Hey, could you? Could we meet uh, on, on Friday? No, my schedule's booked. I'm already full. A lot of the people that you want to meet, other people want to meet, and they might have already scheduled their time completely. So it's really hard to have, like there is room for some casual meetups and conversations. That's what mixers are for and things like that. But a lot of times the, there's their schedules full. So like I'm going to ECMAs, I'm going Wednesday and my schedule's full. And and I logged on and they, they even gave me a full Saturday. I didn't even know I 
had. So uh, every day is full. All right. I want to add one thing before sure. uh, we go on to Rob. Sorry, Rob, I'm taking your time. <laughs> um, do your follow-ups. So doing homework is not only about reading about who is going and who are this person that you want to meet. And do not, again, just do not think just because someone has a festival for 35 years, that's the one you must go into. There are so many small, amazing spaces and projects where your music can grow. So when I said, do you, you know, research and your homework, it's not like this is the festival that I want to know or want to go. What's your route? If you have a project and you want to travel, let's say you're going to Brazil and you're emphasizing and playing in one gig, why? This is not profitable for you. You're going to go to this conference or to this place that you're going to socialize or make public relations with. And you're going to say, this is the main festival X name. How am I going to tour in this country? So why are you going to talk to people who are from all over the place, emphasizing that region that you want to go to? So it makes sense and it's profitable for you. So be organized. Do your follow-ups after, because if you're spending money, for example, Womix, I don't know if everybody's familiar with this, you're going to go spend all this money, come back and you don't do all your follow-ups, you're wasting your money. It makes no sense. So follow up now. Follow-ups doesn't mean I'm going to follow up every second day with the same presenter. Then I tell you why. Because it has happened to me and I'm not going to answer it to you. And you know why? Because you are, you're not letting me breathe. You're not letting me even read your email. So, you know, just like take it easy. We're going to read it. It's going to take some time. And if it works, we'll do our follow-ups back to you. That's it. Sorry, Rob. It's your turn now. Awesome. Thanks, Tina. Appreciate it. Uh, and I agree. I agree. Uh, Rob. Well, the first thing you got to realize is like, this is work going to these conferences. It's about having fun, but it's work. Like when you go to your nine to five job, I mean, you're a different person at your nine to five job than you are at home. So when you go to these conferences, you got to learn how to be that person too, a different person. You have to learn how to come out of your skin and it's, it's work. I mean, you know, uh, Back to what Tina's saying about research, one thing I do is not just if you go to the website and just see the little paragraph, that's one thing, but like go to their LinkedIn, go to their Facebook, like see, maybe they have a dog. That's a better icebreaker than the same old question that everyone's asking that person. Maybe they you guys lived in the same city at one point. Find some common ground. So when you actually go to that person, it's not the same conversation. So can you help me? What do you do? Type of stuff like that. You find something like that. One thing I do, um, I, it's very, it's also, so you go to the conferences, it's really important that you go to the after hours, the bars, and if you don't drink, me, the biggest investment I do is buying somebody a drink. If right now you just bought time with them at the bar, they're stuck talking to you. Subconsciously, they feel they kind of owe you something. So now I buy everyone a drink. And so now, sorry, I bought you a drink now, but <laughs> everybody, this is what I do. You go to the bar, you put on a smile. You make sure they remember who you are and they'll never forget you're the guy that bought them a drink. And even like when you go, like my, everything that I do is different. Like if you look at my business cards, everyone knows my business cards because they're double-sided or not your typical cards. I spend extra time to make sure everything of my, how I make an impression is strong. Um, and I force myself to talk to people when things are slow and knowing that you figure something out to say, just keep it going. And, uh, and one thing too is like, even like, and one thing I know I said before, but to elaborate a little bit on it, like sometimes 
it's not always, if you meet somebody, it's sometimes it's not meant to be at that time, you know? So you got to keep that relationship. Don't force something. Like I could say it's to manage an artist. And I used to go to the major labels and all the A&Rs had me come up there for my artist and they shot us down each time. But I didn't get mad about it. Here it is 10 years later, all those A&Rs are out of their jobs and are hitting me up for work. And I could have been a jerk about it because of some 10 year grudge. No, I helped them out because we still had a relationship. So it's not always fitting a square in a circle. It's not always trying to make something happen now. It's just, it's the units for a long haul. Just be nice, be nice to everybody. And um, one thing I want to say too is like, um, uh, what else I got to say about this? I don't know, that's, that's about it, man. Just be proactive, be friendly, do your thing, be and, and not be aggressive, but just, and like, even like when I'm speaking on a panel, I research who I'm speaking with and I try to find them before the panel. And just so that when we do our panel, it's more like organic feeling than just we're just sitting kind of uh, like label coin was also I had a fun time at label coin. because so I get to meet my speakers the day before we had a couple of drinks and hung out and it became just a funner panel that way because we had the icebreaker already and we kind of knew who we were, our strengths when pizza could jump in. But uh, yeah. And one more thing is like, I go wherever I, if you, if you guys follow me and see my schedule, I'm always somewhere this whole weekend uh Saturday, I spoke at the film festival Friday. I had an event at Ryder university. I'm here today. Like there's always something going on. So don't be afraid to go everywhere. You know, don't be, Oh my God, people see me too many times. No, because every time you go somewhere, it's going to be different people there and just keep your presence felt, man. And just remember, this is all like, I may work 16 to 20 hours a day sometimes. And, I was up to 3.30 last night, up at 7 this morning. I'm here. And but that that's but that is what it takes. And if what got me started just real quick was when I had my nine to five in finance. I my goal, what I told myself is if I have to work eight hours at Merrill Lynch, I have to wake work eight hours on my business when I come home. And I always matched my hours. And if I didn't sleep, oh well. But I that's what I did to build my own business. So that's how much I wanted to put into it. So like I said, back to coming to an, an introvert, to an extrovert, just if you want this bad enough, this is, you got to figure it out. That's just it. Throw yourself in the den of wolves and figure it out. Awesome. Can I add something? I'm sorry. I have to add something that we never think about. Be very and it's quick. So important. Right time. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's super important for artists in general, not just to go and be present, but also to support other artists. So if you're going to see other showcases, be present, you know why? Because us, industry people, see other artists, supporting other artists is super important. And being an artist is not just to play. You can be in a jury, for example, because you're listening to, you know, you're listening to other people's music. You are connecting to other things. So uh, supporting other artists in their concerts, not just go play, do your showcase and I'm out, ciao, bye, no. Stay because you are at work. That's it. Awesome. All right. We're out of time, but I want to do rapid fire round. I'm just going to ask everybody a different question uh, just because I'm going to try to answer some here. So rapid fire. So quick answers. Uh, Bruce, uh, one of the questions was, and I figured this is right up your alley. Uh, best <laughs> way to advertise events and get people in the door. Well, I'm a big fan of bands in town, but most of those tools are free. Virtually all of them are free listing your stuff on that platform. Also, frankly, you should uh, list on Songkick, which is the competing platform. So that's the first pay place I'd start. 
And the only other piece of advice is spend your time and your money early in the event cycle and late in the event cycle. People buy at the on sale and they buy in the week or 10 days before the show. In between, they, they don't buy. So put your effort beginning and end. Quick enough? That's a great tip. And nobody ever mentions that. The, the start of the cycle and the end. Love that. All right. Uh, next up, Andrew. Uh, real quick again some top tips for an event company or think of any music type tech company that's looking to grow partnerships the right partnerships you know that that's you know i i look at what i do in business development and sales are two different things when you're looking to grow who can you partner with their audience your audience how can you help each other and and that to me has always been a great way and like a lot of times the the revenue generating deal is not the deal you want to make it's the partnership you want to make and and vice versa so uh that that to me is the the, the main thing is find the right companies and people to partner with Perfect. Love it. Uh, Tina, yours. Uh, how to build a community of performers. Uh, that's right up your alley, too. Uh, community of performance? I'm not really sure. Performers, or like just an like artist community. I, I think I already answered that when you built into being present as well to supporting other artists and, uh, and do. Um, um, you know, build music together, not necessarily only to make money, but also to build that community. For example, in Toronto, we have a, a big community. And uh, when you program them, everybody's like, you're all, you're going to program this person again. And it's not necessarily that because each have their own music, but they're played together in the local bars. So for example, Drum Taberna for some of you who knows, uh, Daryl knows, but there is a community of artists who uh, share their own music, build something else, uh, like I say, support, just, just support the artist. Uh, the question was kind of, I already, I think I already answered it, but if you want to throw another one quick, I'm good. <laughs> no, that, that's perfect though. It's just because I think that that's one that just needs to really be hammered home is that to build community, you actually have to participate. And I think participate. That's, that's the thing, like you said before, yeah. is like people go to shows, their show, and then they leave and the others, they need to support the other artists. Um, very important. And uh, last up, Rob, uh, finding a mentor. Any tips on how do you go about finding your mentor? Uh, well, I mean, Grammy U is a good platform. I'm a mentor of Grammy U. I also speak at a lot of colleges. I speak at Ryder, Rowan, everywhere out here uh, in this area. I always go to the colleges. So um, we kind of have an open door. I, in fact, I have a call today with someone I'm mentoring, which a friend of mine referred because she's wanted some advice in the industry. So um, it's never be afraid to give advice. I mean, I didn't have a mentor in this industry. So by learning everything myself, I made a lot of mistakes and I hope everyone else doesn't, you know, because, and the more people that you build with and trust with, build trust with, I mean, the more things that can happen because back to the situation with the guy at the record label, the A&R told me, no, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you never know where they're going to be now. So and if you mentor that person, right, they're never going to forget that. So I would say if you're a student, I mean, see what kind of outreach programs they have. The Grammy U is awesome. And um, there's a lot of different programs like that. But don't be don't be scared to reach out to somebody and just say, hey, you know, um, can you mentor me or can you just give me 30 minutes of your time? Just got a couple of questions. And, you know, even if you offer even to pay for it, say, I'll give you some money if I can just sit down with you. It, you know, you may get some more people that respond that way. 
but um, you can never stop learning. No one knows everything about this industry. It's literally impossible. It changes every day. So you, the ones that win are the ones that are on top of everything. We can go to YouTube as well. There's research. Just make sure you're researching the right videos because there's a lot of videos out there with the wrong advice and bad advice and people just trying to make profit off of people. So just really do your research. Awesome. Love it. And, uh, you know, during COVID lockdown, I reached out. I've actually got two mentors right now. Uh, people who've down, been done, who've been down paths I haven't. Like, uh, I think one sold 40 million records as a manager. And I think the other is probably around 20 million records as a manager. Good people to know. Um, and, and I got to say, it was just simply an email or a phone call. And they're like, sure, I'm in. And I got to say, a lot of people in the business want to share information and help and connect with others, uh, like everybody here. Uh, so uh, with that, I got to say thank you so much to everybody donating their time today and, and being here, being present. And I'm talking about the audience because you're making your first step in being present and building connections. Uh, just a quick note. Um, the next session is uh, we're going to be talking about uh, it's turn your passion into a paycheck, your royalties, your career presented by the CMRRA. So I've been seeing there's a lot of questions we haven't addressed around that because I know it's coming. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the road at the conferences coming up. Who knows? Maybe I'll make an appearance at Music Biz. All right. <laughs> We'll see you guys Thank at the next. Thank you, everyone. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Feel free to link in with me if you if you see me. I'll link in with any of you guys. Anybody? Awesome. <laughs> I'm easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that does it for another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. We thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. And if you enjoyed these conversations that we share here on the podcast, then I think you would really love coming to the Indie Weekly webinars. Throughout the year, we're having them every Tuesday. They're always at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's like New York or Toronto time. And it's all about high-level conversations, bringing in experts from all facets of the music and related industries to share their experiences, best practices, tips, advice, really actionable advice with artists. It's all about helping artists boost their own careers, but it's also about community, connecting with each other, connecting with the guests, connecting with Daryl Hurds, uh, who always hosts. And best of all, it's free. So go to IndieWeek.com, hit the Indie Weekly tab at the top of the page and see what's coming up. I think you'd really enjoy it. Certainly worth your time. We'd love to see you there. And last but certainly not least, before we go, just one more shout out and thank you to our wonderful sponsors and funders. Uh, those are Slate Music, CD Baby, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, The City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, SEMA, the SOCAN Foundation, and our newest sponsor, Cox & Palmer, who provide legal services in Atlantic Canada. We also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. So without the support of all of them, us here at Indie Week, we couldn't do what we do to help out and work for the music community. So big thank you to all those companies, organizations, and government bodies. All right, that does it for another week. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a good one.